amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. On the front lines of Houston sports. Let's go! You're in the trenches with N.D. Kalu. N.D. Kalu. Welcome in. Happy Monday to everybody out there in Radio Land. I am Indy Kalu. He is Chris Gordy. Big Sarge of Big Sarge Sports on the other side of the table. And if you travel a little further down south, you go to the other side of the glass. That is that a bulletproof glass? It's kind of thick. Jacob, do you know that? Because if you play all that bad music that you've been playing, I'm going to have to start shooting at that all glass. Right, you know that's not true. <laughs> but the other side of the glass is that voice, Jacob Beck. We're taking you till 12 noon talking all things sports with a special, special emphasis on the number one sport in the history of sports, American football. But we'd be remiss not to talk about all of the goings-ons in the sports world as we have boxing, as we have baseball. The Houston Astros putting up 21 runs in three games against the Buffalo Blue Jays. Yes, I said Buffalo Blue Jays. We also have some NBA basketball where Kawhi Leonard sang that song from Roy Jones Jr. Y'all must have forgot because all that talk about Luka, Kawhi said, hey, let's not forget who the real star is here. And we also had a blockbuster trade involving an AFC South foe. But I want to start with the the boxing match. I want to start with the sporting event that put about 10 to $20 million in both of the athletes' pockets when it was all said and done. First and foremost, let me ask y'all, did y'all watch the Floyd Mayweather event slash Chad Ochocinco, which I didn't even realize he was on the undercard until I uh, tuned in to Showtime pay-per-view. Did y'all watch the event this weekend? No, because I couldn't find it. Really? As a, I, we, you're the guy that can, you're the tech guy, you're the right. guy that's very resourceful when it comes to that stuff, and you could not find it. Well, I'll put it this way. Like, we, we subscribe to Showtime. Mm-hmm. So I go to Showtime on the channels, and, you know, they got like 10 of them. It's like Showtime HD, Showtime West Coast, and all this. None of, they're all showing, like, Exit Wounds starring Steven Seagal. I'm like, where the hell is the fight? Okay, so it's not on TV. So then I'm scrolling through. I can't find it under the pay-per-view listings. So then I'm like, well, let me go to the app. I go to the Showtime app. Nothing comes up. It keeps saying loading, loading, un- unable to load, unable to load. So I go to Twitter, and the Showtime like Twitter account, they're tweeting, Sorry, guys, we're having some technical difficulties with the app because of so much demand. Check back in 10 minutes. Well, about 20 minutes go by. I check again, and all these national people, like Darren Ravel and all these people are tweeting, still not up, still not working. So I was like, you know what? I'm just, I give up. So I ended up just, I saw highlights. People were posting videos on Twitter and stuff. Wait, highlights? Yeah, like video. You use that term very loosely. Yeah, like 20-second. Uh, no, highlights. I'm saying. Oh, uh, or lowlights. There you go. But, uh, you know, I got to see Chad Johnson get punched and knocked to the ground. But just one of those things, like, first and foremost, and this happened with H- HBO when they did the Game of Thrones finale, you know you're going to have high demand for this thing. Make sure your damn t- IT people are working around the clock and that your app isn't going to crash and not work. So, yeah, it's just it's one of those things where in this new age of, and I'm sure a lot of people are like, 
how the hell if I can't find it, I'm not watching it. So and they did not miss anything. Did you watch it? Yes, Chris. You need better black friends because I got. I listen. I watched like round five to eight mm-hmm. of by, which fight uh, of this fight. Okay. By, oh, you don't watch any of the undercard. No, no, I didn't watch okay. any of the But I watched the the, the Logan Paul um, Mayweather fight on mm-hmm. accident. I was on IG and I seen my boy that, that I was stationed with in Germany. He did live? Uh, yeah, and I was like, oh, it's live. And then he stopped it because he got mad. And then so, you know, when you stop IG live, they show you other things that's going on. So I clicked yeah. on one and uh, it was a young lady that was at the fight. She was just streaming it live. So I watched rounds five through eight and i was like this is horrible so one thing i just i just found out about this you know the stimulus package that they passed a couple weeks back where you know they give everybody 600 bucks that in that stimulus package there were all this extra things packed in there one of the things that was packed in there was a criminal it, it is a criminal offense to live stream sporting events like that illegally like live stream pay-per-view stuff and i know that's kind of been the case in the past but they like put in there like all this extra stuff, fines and jail time and all that. So that that came up last night because I was like, I wonder if I could find like an illegal stream. Mm-hmm. But man, if they want to crack, the government wants to crack down on that. Like they could literally go arrest people and put them in jail well, for that. First of all, Chris, uh, invest in a VPN. Uh, they're free and you don't actually have to pay for them. You just download I, it. I know how that works. Okay, yeah. Anyway, uh, if you play, if you paid fifty bucks to watch that fight, congratulations, you played yourself. Right. Because you should have. Everyone knew what was going to happen in this fight. Floyd Mayweather is going to run around for eight rounds. Punt. Give him. Give Logan Paul a few a few nice shots to let him know that he's there. And Logan Paul is going to get gassed after the second round, which is exactly what happened. And he's going to be dragging feet the whole fight. And I was expecting Mayweather to knock him out in the last few rounds, but he didn't. So. It went as exactly how anyone expected, and if you paid fifty bucks for it, yeah, you played yourself. Actually, I did not realize I I played myself because my time is valuable, and I spent time watching yeah, a it. A lot of time. I, I did have a, a way to watch it without having to pay for it. But I'll, I'll say this: I may have played myself than Jacob because I was really part of me was expecting Mayweather to show this guy to show the world, hey, look, boxing's a real sport. You can't just be a fit, strong, athletic guy and jump into the ring and uh, expect to compete with us. So I thought he was going to make an example out of him, but I feel like he did boxing a disservice. So when I was watching, I watched the undercard because I was curious to see Ocho Cinco uh, going against a, a fighter, and I use that term loosely. A dude probably could kick my butt because he trains, but the guy that Ocho Cinco was fighting wasn't an established fighter as well. But my point is, Ocho Cinco's in great shape. Ocho Cinco works out every day. He was here in Houston, as they mentioned, uh, training with the Charlo brothers, so he was getting some expertise uh, as far as knowledge being dropped on him. Uh, and he still just looked bad. Like w- when you go in there, he just looked bad. And when I was watching it, I was like, you know what? Good for Ocho Cinco to be 43, 44 years old and be in that great of shape. Good for him to be going down and checking off his, uh, what do you call it, what you want to do before you die? Your Bucket list. Thank you. Uh, ch- checking a box off his bucket list. But then I also watched it and I was like, you know what? I've always had respect for boxers. I had a chance to learn from Jesse James Leha because he used to train with us uh, when I used to play. But I had even more of a respect because boxing isn't just something some tough guy, oh, I could kick your ass, let me go in the ring. No, that's a sport. It's an art. There's something to it. In six, seven, eight months, even Paul, the Logan Paul guy, hasn't he been training for years? Yeah, I mean, him, him, and him and his brother Jake have been training for the past few years, like legitimately training. And when he got tired, he didn't look like a boxer. So yeah. it, it just it, so for me, the positive I took out of it, a whole new respect for boxing. But it's a shame that it's gotten to that point where arguably the best pound for pound or one of the top ten pound for pound to ever do it is put himself in the ring with a YouTuber and doesn't knock him did, out. Did you see Chad Ochocinco's tweet? 
after the match last night? No, but I heard him. He was he was pumped. He tweeted out, "Holy bleep! That was bleeping fun against a real bleeping bare knuckle fighter, and I bleep it, bleeping survived." No, that per hands. Good for him. Like he got knocked down, but he popped right back <laughs> up, and it, it was funny between uh, Ocho Cinco and Nate Robinson. Athletes outside of boxing, they do not know how to fall. When they fall, they fall hard. It's like, man, protect yourself. Have you ever watched the, the uh have you watched or listened to the podcast I Am Athlete with Chad Ojosinko, Brandon Marshall? No, I heard, I've heard about it and I saw that he was promoting it on his trunks. Yeah, but uh, I think uh, the guy's name used to he came from Florida. He played in the league for a minute. Channing Crowder, if I'm yeah. not mistaken. Oh, linebacker from Miami. Flor- Florida. From yeah. And so he said uh no, well I mean Miami Dolphins, but yeah. He told uh he's like, Look, man, I don't want to see you with your booty in the air. Yeah, so that's that's, why, uh, he, that's one of the reasons they said Chad popped back up so quick because Chad told him on the show, I want to see you with your booty in there. Right. That means you got knocked out. But two things, Indy. This is what I seen some clips. You know, he got actually Floyd would have knocked him out. Floyd hit him and he went to fall and Floyd caught him and held him for a minute till he was able to catch himself mm-hmm. and then put put him back up and kept fighting him. But there's a clip out there that shows because he came wide and Floyd just tagged him quickly and he was falling and Floyd caught him. I just, I, I feel like, like to put this whole crap to bed, because like I think the viewer, you said it before the show, Andy, I think the viewer is, is going to wise up to this and be like, we're not paying for this kind of crap. I think Floyd Mayweather should have knocked him out. And and I think most of us feel like if he really wanted to, he could have. But it was just kind of a, hey, I'm here for the paycheck. I'm going to win no matter what. Let's just move on. But like I feel like he should have knocked him out just to send the point. Any of these, like how many of your buddies throughout the years, you're sitting at the bar and somebody at the bar goes, man, I can fight Pacquiao. Right. Like, you know, I'm like put a rest of this that right. the average Joe can't come box with the best of the best. Him not getting knocked out, it's like, oh, well, you know, maybe I could last in the ring for eight eight rounds. Have I, you seen the – oh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, but Chris, we we I talk, we talked about this weeks ago when this fight was first announced. Floyd Mayweather, his first and his most important goal and his most important priority is money. money. He wants to make money. Right. And if he knocks out Logan Paul in the first round and Logan Paul and all these other YouTubers see oh, – Nobody wow, wants to fight We're him. not messing around. They're not going to mess around with us. They're not going to fight us for eight rounds. Then it's over. Then the money train ends. Okay, but if he does that, he still makes the money he's he was scheduled yeah. to make for this fight. So are you saying he's preparing himself to have two, three, four more fights like this? I mean, Be- who knows? I mean, look, Floyd Mayweather, if he can make money, if it is in his interest to make in it and he can make money, he will do it. He may come out tomorrow and say he's retired again officially, but he will never retire as long as there is money to be made. Well, he even said, I retired from boxing. I didn't retire from making money. Yeah. Here's what I like in it, too. It reminds me of the NFL Pro Bowl game, and the uh, the NBA All-Star game. When, when we watch the NFL Pro Bowl game, what do we always say? Man, that was horrible. Why do they keep doing it? Is this the year the NFL is going <laughs> to stop with the Pro Bowl game? And the answer is always a resounding no, because the NFL is making millions of dollars on that horrible game. NBA All-Star game where the score is 188 to 190. Oh, there's no defense. This isn't real basketball. When's the NBA going to put a stop to this? Well, the answer is Never, because they're making millions of dollars. I don't like it. It doesn't look good, but I like money as much as the next man. If we're going to be foolish enough to pay $54, if we're going to be foolish enough to support Mayweather and this YouTuber and making millions of dollars, I I can't blame him. Well, that's because Floyd... Floyd is still addicted to attention. I think I said that here a couple of weeks ago. It's like 
I, I can see Floyd fighting just like Jacob said two or three more times because he's a he's addicted to attention. He loves Is money. It attention or money? Because we're talking millions. He loves attention too. I, I'm he sure lo- he does, but and, I don't know if okay. He loves attention. Mm-hmm. He doesn't do that fight if they say, "Hey, you have all the eyes watching you, and you're going to make five million, and that's oh, no. a boatload of money." Uh, yeah. Money, yeah, but right. he won't do that. He wouldn't touch it because he's addicted to that real money. Well, put, put put it this way: the public will decide now. Like the, I w- I'm curious to know what the dollar was on who ordered that fight last night. Because, like I said, a lot of my buddies couldn't even figure out how to get it. Uh, let's move moving forward. You say Floyd wants the money, wants the attention, all this. That next fight he signs up for. Is our, our subscriptions down for that, and so on and so forth. Like I think the public can wise up and go, we're not paying for this crap. This isn't real boxing. Not just the public, though. So my 12-year-old, uh, shout out to Jonah Ace, was watching it with me, and he's all pumped because there's another fight with two YouTubers, one from the Ace family, and I don't know his name, and he's fighting another YouTuber, and a lot of the youngsters are all pumped up, and my son was like, oh, I can't wait for so-and-so from the Ace family to fight. And do you know anything about that, Jacob? What what is it? Uh, so there's a there's a YouTube show called The Ace Family, and I, I, to this day I don't know why they're so popular because he can't sing, he can't rap, he can't dance, but he has millions upon millions of subscribers, and he got into. I feel like a a high school girl right now t- t- <laughs> telling you about this. He got into it with another YouTuber, and now they're gonna fight. And it's like this huge event, and I'm assuming it's for everyone 25 and under. Anyway, quick timeout, Titan. Oh, jeez. He only calls when good things happen to Titans. I'm with you, Titan Rick. Unbelievable. I'm with you. Titan Rick, good friend of the show, a brother that if I saw him at the bar, I would definitely buy him a beer and spit in it when he's not looking at it. He wants to talk. What do you think he wants to talk about? The Tennessee Titans just became true contenders. We'll talk to him and we'll talk about the Julio Jones trade after this quick timeout in the trenches, only on Sports Talk 790. Welcome in, welcome back. I love the show, but what the heck is going on here, Jacob? You're going to have to explain this one to me. All right, all right. I'm about to say that it was Titan Rick's uh, request to, to play this at the intro, so he's going he's gonna to explain himself, I hope, when he comes on. All right, so so Sanford and Son theme, and we all know Titan Rick, our homeboy, who happens to be a Tennessee Titans fan, and, of course, he is calling. He only calls after victories with the Tennessee Titans after losses with the Houston Texans or when something good happens with the Titans and something very, very good happened for the Titans for at least the next couple of years as the Atlanta Falcons give up Julio Jones and a sixth round pick to the Tennessee Titans. And in return, they get a second and a fourth. That's it. A second and a fourth. But we'll get deeper into that trade because I actually don't think it's that bad of a move for the Atlanta Falcons. And I feel like for at least the next two years, when you think of Ryan Tannehill now handing the ball off to Derrick Henry, throwing to A.J. Brown, throwing to Julio Jones. Let's not forget Josh Reynolds, who they signed from the Rams, who had a pretty who's going to be a very good number three uh, for the Tennessee Titans. They just made the team stronger. The question is, are they true contenders now? Titan Rick, welcome to In the Trenches. What's going on? What's going on, ND? How y'all doing in the trenches, man? We're pretty good. We're pretty good right now. Look because man, you can't win on Titan. paper. You can't win on paper, Titan Rick. I understand that, but um, I had him play that Southland son because we put us a real junkyard together now. We've got a bunch of junkyard dogs over there. We're going to look awesome coming off the bus. Um, 
Also, as a, a tribute to my favorite character on Sanford and Son, Lamont Homeboy, Julio Fuentes Jones from Tijuana. <laughs> and don't forget his pet goat. Don't forget his pet goat. That's why that's funny, NB. Now, uh, last year we had, I think, the number two or three scoring offense in the league with Corey Davis, but Corey Butterfinger Davis, that we, we propped up and got him close to 1,000. There's no more double team than AJ. You're not going to – I mean, you're going to have to pick your poison, IND. Just simple football. Power running game, play action. We got a good possession tight end, and we got two of the best in the league. So, yeah, we in it. I think with this move, the Titans won all season. When you add in the fact that we picked up Bud Dupree to try to pick up that anemic pass rush, all I need is my defense to get to 70% of what it was two years ago, and I'm trying to pull a – Full of Kansas City Chiefs with an offense dragging the defense along for a championship. And I'm going to leave it at that, Indy. Well, real question. And, because when I saw it, look, I'm a fan of football. I was excited because I'm excited to see what can happen with Derrick Henry, Julio Jones, A.J. Brown. Uh, are you worried as a Titans fan, as a guy that's all in with the Titans, about the ramifications of, okay, the dude is going to be 33 after this season? Indy, are you going to have to sign him to a long-term deal? If the Titans would have picked up Corey Davis' fifth-year player option, right, which mm-hmm. I, he was our number two receiver, it would have cost us fifteen point, close to fifteen point seven million. Julio Jones' salary is fifteen point three. We got better for four hundred thousand dollars less. Uh, uh, pretty much a bona fide Hall of Famer, probably. To ain't take no problem. Corey Davis. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, ain't no so problem. I'm not mad at all. And before I go, Indy, I heard y'all talking about the Mayweather fight. The funniest thing that happened during that whole show was when Chad Johnson got dropped and got up and was trying to get a dude down. Man, I almost fell out of my chair. <laughs> Y'all have a good one, baby. You, you know what? I appreciate that. I don't know if he was trying to give him dap or if he was holding that fist up like, no, I'm still here. I'm still here. <laughs> so, Julio Jones, want to get y'all's take. Uh, Chris, we'll start with you. It, does this make the Tennessee Titans true contenders in, in your mind? And that might be a loaded question considering – Look, they were contenders in 2019 when they went to the AFC Championship game and lost. But now you add the likes of a Julio Jones. Uh, you don't really do much to beef up the defense. Do you feel like the Tennessee Titans have to be thought of as a Tampa Bay Buccaneers, as a, you know Kansas City Chiefs, uh, Buffalo Bills? Do you put them in that tier? I mean, they'll be a playoff team, uh, but they were a playoff team the last two years. Mm-hmm. So I mean, that that doesn't change. It doesn't change a whole lot in my mind. Does it give them the opportunity to make their offense more dynamic? Sure, but amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.
I mean, this offense has been predicated and built around running Derrick Henry heavy. So now you're saying I'm going to take carries away from Derrick Henry to throw the ball to Julio Jones, which is fine because Julio's a great player, but it still is Ryan Tannehill throwing the ball. And Tannehill's been fine, but if I said he's played above his head the past two years, would you disagree with that? I mean, he's from what we've seen historically in his career, Tannehill's just had the best two years of his career. But at the end of the day, game on the line, he's got to go win it for you. Guess what? He scored 13 points in the playoff loss against the Ravens. So does Julio make them that much better offensively where they can win a defensive uh, battle against the Baltimore Ravens team? I'm still very concerned with their secondary. I don't think they've done enough to address it. I know they drafted Caleb Farley in the first round, but we know about the injury concerns and all that with him coming out of Virginia Tech. You know, a lot of rookies go through a little bit of tough you know, tough times in their rookie year. So can he be that stud shutdown corner? That's that's my biggest question mark with the Titans is is defensively. And again, I I think Julio, you know, will they score a few more points this year? Sure. But in, in my mind, that wasn't the biggest problem with the Titans. I think that they actually got got a whole lot better. I see them going further in the playoffs. And I, I'm with Ryan Tannehill. You got a guy who Threw for 3,819 yards, 33 touchdowns, and seven interceptions, while the running back rushed for over 2,000 yards. And that's with one 1,000-yard wide receiver. Now you put Julio on that other side, and now they don't have to – because a lot of times you, when you watch the Titans, they had to go heavy, run uh, run heavy, because A.J. Brown had the coverage roll to him, which freed up Corey Davis. Now what are you going to do? Just like what Titan Rick said, that's the exact same thing I tweeted out. You can't put eight in the box now because you got Julio and you got Brown. You can't roll the coverage to either one because even at 32 years old, Julio can still beat a defender one-on-one. And so now you look at it, and the office coordinator now has more weapons, right? Well, he had, a, uh, excuse me, he has uh, an additional weapon to what he already had in a pretty good offense. And their defense is not good. I give, I give you that. But if you outscore people, it doesn't matter how good your defense is. As long as you keep scoring, you're putting pressure on the opposite team's uh, offense. Here's the thing when, and you mentioned the defense, they still need to upgrade that. Here's what what I also like about it. When we see a signing like this, we think, ooh, A.J. Brown, Derrick Henry, um, Julio Jones, and let's not sleep on Josh Reynolds. I know I keep throwing him in there, but again, when you're talking about a second or third wide receiver, uh, that big body is a pretty good receiver to have. It's not just having all those guys on the field at the same time. If one goes down, you still have the other. Similar to, not to cross-reference sports, but I'm going to cross-reference sports with what we're seeing with what's going on with the Brooklyn Nets. James Harden goes down in the first five minutes of the game. It's, oh, man, the big three isn't there. Well, you still have Kyrie Irving. You still have uh, Kevin Durant. If... A.J. Brown goes down. Uh, you still have Julio Jones and Josh Reynolds. If Julio Jones goes down, you still have Josh Reynolds and A.J. AJ Brown. So I also like it for the depth purpose. I'm not going to sit up here and expect in any given game where Derrick Henry has, oh, he's going to have 150 yards rushing. Uh, A.J. Brown's going to have 88 yards receiving. Julio Jones is going to have 100 yards receiving. And Josh Reynolds is going to have 60 yards receiving. It's not going to happen like that. So I also like it for the depth reasons. And I look at it, too, as, you know, <clears throat> I think this is going to help resurrect Julio's career because when he was playing with Matt Ryan, he wasn't, he was getting yards, but he, he was getting yards and receptions, but he wasn't getting touchdowns. And I think that now playing with Tannehill, Tannehill is ah, going to help him get, hey, listen. They get in that red zone. Guess who's getting the ball? The big bowling ball running back. I don't know if they're, I don't know if this means they're going to go 
way more fade patterns in the end zone now. I guarantee you because what you fail to realize, Chris, is that Julio is a big body. And because... I don't uh, fail to realize he was a big body in Atlanta, but they they still did, he still didn't have a ton of touchdown catches. You're there. right. He only had one season where he had ten touchdowns, but that's more on Matt Ryan than it is anything else. So Matt Ryan is the one going. We're going to run the ball here. You and you think yeah. you think uh, what's his face uh, Vrabel is going to go? All right, guys, let's get Julio the ball. No, we're at the three yard line. No, they're going to go ground and pound. Still, it's going to be all Derrick Henry. And what's your bread and butter? What do you do great? Derrick Henry, who's led the league in rushing last few years? Derrick Henry. I'm not taking away from Derrick Henry. Julio's nice, but I think Julio's got some games where he's got like three catches, 55 yards. He ain't going to be this, no oh my God, way, 100 Chris. yards a game every week. Go I mean, he's absolutely going to have three. First of all, that's a pretty good game when you do yards per catch, but he'll definitely have the three for 55 game. He's not going to have 80, 90 yards a game. I mean, that just doesn't Julio? Yeah, he, he just won't. Like, that's not even worth a debate. Like, he's not going to have every single game 80 or more yards per for a game. I think he will. I, 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 I honestly and truly think he will. Now, put it like this. I'm going to go back to this. You keep saying they go, Derrick Henry had 2,000 yards rushing. They had to have Derrick Henry have 2,000 yards rushing because they had nobody else. A.J. Brown was great. But outside of him, Corey Davis, eh, he overachieved. And so now you Corey put. Corey Davis was a first round pick. He's still overachieved, Indy. Corey Davis was a first round. How do you overachieve when you're a first round pick and Hold you on. have the season that he had? 984. Almost 1,000 yards last 984 year. yards and five touchdowns. He had five less receptions than Court and then uh than AJ Brown. Again, and still. He was a first round pick. How's that overachieving? And he had less than a thousand yards. Indeed. It does listen, I put it like this. Watching the game, he mm-hmm. didn't look like a first round pick. He looked like a person who benefited from AJ Brown being on the opposite side. So how's that overachieving though? That's when you're a first round pick and you're you're the de facto number two receiver and you have nine hundred yards receiving. Because you're benefiting from him being for AJ Brown being on the opposite side. I get that he was a first round pick, but when I'm watching him, he doesn't look. I put it like this: maybe because I'm looking at him and looking at former first round picks and saying, eh, "No, it's not." But you, AJ Brown's on the opposite side, and because the defense is rolling the coverage there and trying to stop Derrick Henry, of course he's going to. Maybe eat I'm benefit. not understanding your term overachieve. So you're saying that. Now that Corey Davis is away, that's not who he really is. Like, don't expect him to have 900-plus yards with the, with the other team. He's definitely not a number one option on any football team. Okay. I'll I give you that. But when I think overachieved, I think like some undrafted rookie having 900 yards that they didn't expect him to have. You know what he was? He was Will Fuller to D-hop. You know, I mean, it, it is. I'll take that. <laughs> it is pretty eye-opening. I know Julio didn't play a full season last year, but I mean, compare the numbers. Corey Davis had a better year than Julio Jones last Julio year. Julio played nine games. Okay, but uh, still, seven hundred yards, three touchdowns. Corey Davis had almost a thousand and five receiving touchdowns. How many I mean, games did he play? Fourteen. He played fourteen games. Had nine hundred. Julio played nine and had seven. Okay, Julio gonna play. Julio <laughs> gonna play seventeen this year. To Julio's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Quick timeout. Seven one three two one two five seven nine zero. If you want to jump in, the AFC South just got a little bit tougher. What are your Houston Texans doing? We'll talk about that and much more in the trenches. Only on Sports Talk seven ninety. Welcome in, welcome back. Hope you're enjoying your Monday this morning. If you want to jump in the trenches with us, give us a holler at 713-212-5790. 
talking a little Tennessee Titans and their big get over the weekend, Julio Jones. I will say this. I do believe Julio Jones is a first ballot Hall of Famer. I do believe, even though Corey Davis, you know, probably, well, not probably, he had his best year of his career last year. He was a top 10 pick. So, uh, again, maybe after the show, you're going to have to explain to me how a top 10 pick at the wide re- wide receiver position, uh, would you say he over overachieved overachieved by having a 900 yard season i'm you're gonna have to break that one down for me i'm slow this morning but he's an upgrade from Corey from Corey davis here's where i say it's a win-win at least in the offseason the titans definitely get better the titans have derrick henry now arguably the best running back in the game right now they have aj brown who was a top-tier wide receiver, and you're going to team him up with Julio Jones, who's at the tail end of a Hall of Fame career, and then it makes it easier for Ryan Tannehill to continue to have the success. But long-term, I get what the Atlanta Falcons were thinking. With the way that Julio Jones has played last year, the year before, especially the year before last year when he was injured, with the numbers that he was putting up, they were going to have to see him again. And when we say you're going to have to see him, we mean at the negotiating table, you're going to have to give him a long-term deal. This is a guy that's going to be 32 when the season starts. Jerry Rice, after he was 32, he had six more seasons of 1,100 or more yards. He's the great. He's the all-time GOAT. So I wanted to do some other great players because I feel like Julio Jones is a great player. T.O., had three 1,000-yard productive seasons after the age of 32. Andre Johnson, right here in H-Town, had one. Randy Moss had one. So I think Atlanta was saying, look, we know what he's done for the the team. We know what he's done for the community. We know how great of a player he is. But do we really want to invest another five, six years in a guy that more than likely may not give us more than two, three more productive years as the number one wide receiver. Those are the tough decisions general managers, team owners have to make. And for the Tennessee Titans, they're saying, hey, just two years ago, we were in the AFC Championship game. Right now, while Derrick Henry is still in his prime, right now when A.J. Brown on his rookie contract is definitely in his prime, let's go ahead and add this guy that might be able to give us a year or two. The question is going to be, after this year, if Julio Jones has a big year, if he does what they expect him to do, are they really going to be ready to commit for another four or five years? And if not, then why do you give up the second round pick, the fourth round pick? So those are the questions. I, I feel like this is an all-in move for this season for the Tennessee Titans. That's a great point. And I do think they, they in the back of their minds, they do know that they're going to re-sign him, you know, sign him to a long-term deal. And, and it's a little bit, it's not exactly apples for oranges, but DeAndre Hopkins, the trade that the Texans traded, uh, him away, and, and now the, the Falcons trade away Julio Jones. And I saw some people on social media trying to say, oh, it's you know it's very similar. I mean, nobody's... Remember, we all bitched and complained about Bill O'Brien only getting a second-round pick for DeAndre Hopkins, and look at Julio Jones. He he gets a second-round pick. So, you know, we, we all crapped on Bill O'Brien, and, and not we're not going to crap on the Falcons for this trade. And first off, after I realized it's probably a member of the Bill O'Brien family uh, tweeting this... Um, you know, there's a few points here. Julio Jones is is way older. He's 32. He's coming off a season where he was hurt. Um, you know, obviously got a high salary number this year, which the Falcons wanted to get off the books. And then on top of it, you're going to have to pay him a big money. the The Cardinals knew right off the bat. I mean, the whole problem with DeAndre Hopkins in Houston was, hey, I'm I'm a top the top wide receiver in the league. Pay me like it. The Cardinals knew what they were getting, so they're like, "Well, we're going to have to give this guy an extension as soon as we trade for him." But Hopkins was only 27, 
and was the best receiver in football. Julio's not the best receiver in football right now. He's still up there, still top 10, but that's the big difference when it, you know, for anybody wanting to say, oh, well, we bitched about Bill O'Brien only getting a second for uh, for DeAndre. Why aren't we complaining about Atlanta? Uh, it's a great trade for Atlanta. I mean, it's a second next year and a fourth the year after for Julio freaking Jones, and you get a, a sixth rounder from the Titans in 2023. Yeah, I look at it like this, too. It's not the same because... I look at it from the Atlanta Falcons standpoint, and they they had to do what they had to do. And I think that they were getting down to the wire where they had to accept, you know, what was given to them. Tennessee was the only team left that was giving them the best offer. Because you remember two teams pulled out of the Julio Jones trade, which was very interesting because if they only if they gave that up, I'm wondering why didn't Baltimore do that? Which means they must know something else. There must be something else, Indy, behind the scenes. Oh, Julio Jones probably said, hey, I love Lamar Jackson. I like I like what he's doing. No way in hell is that going to be my quarterback. If I'm a top wide receiver in the game, I'm not going to Baltimore. Why not? Because of Lamar Jackson and his lack of accuracy and throwing. Mo- he is not a good passer. He is not a good passer. I, well, I'll put it like this. Who is he passing to? I don't give a damn to NFL talent. He is not a good – because when I watch him skip balls and when I watch the inaccuracy, I'm not thinking to myself, oh, the receiver should have been three feet to the left or three feet to the right. Or No, he, he he's not a good passer. Well, he's, a good, he's a great football player. He's a NFL MVP as he should be. But if I'm a top-notch wide receiver – there's, there's, and I have a choice. I'm not going to ball. Well, I'm going to use your own words against you. There's mm-hmm. a lot of things that go on in the NFL game that we don't know about, right? So, what if he's expecting a wide receiver who he doesn't? He has NFL talent. To be he doesn't three have, inches off the ground. He doesn't have good NFL talent. No, <laughs> but he doesn't skip a lot of balls in. Wait, what? What was his completion percentage, Chris? I know you. you yeah, Lamar the, the <laughs> dunk passes to the tight end. Well, he's thinking at Duncan because he doesn't have. Who does he have? Hollywood so Brown's a good wide receiver. He's a good uh, uh, nine-route wide receiver. He's a good fly route. He's not a route runner. He's not a good route runner. Then he had, what, Sneed, Willie Sneed. He's not a good route runner. Like, he didn't have— I would say Sneed is a better route runner than Hollywood Brown. Exactly. And but that's and not saying not a lot. he's not a bad route runner. He's not a breakaway 4-3 uh, stretch-to-defense wide receiver. But you can't tell me that— the reason uh, Lamar Jackson didn't look like a more accurate or better passer is because Snead wasn't open. Well, he didn't have anybody. I just put it like this. If you if you put better talent on there, you, I think you would see the Heisman Trophy winner, Lamar Jackson. Because yeah, I, I, I kind of agree. I mean, like, if we're talking like top 50 receivers in the NFL, Willie Snead wouldn't be in there. So, like, right. you, okay, Hollywood Brown that, okay. might be, you know. Here's so. my point. The year that Lamar Jackson won the MVP, it was well-deserved. And as a receiver, I still wouldn't want to be on that team. Just as a receiver. Mark Andrews is the best. He's Mark Andrews, the tight end, right? Lamar no. was uh, 27th last year in uh, completion percentage. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. 
No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Wow. There's 32 teams. Mm-hmm. You do the math. Yeah. It's ahead of Matthew Stafford and Baker Mayfield. Hmm. That, that actually surprises me. Huh. Ahead that of, actually Ahead of Carson me. Wentz, Tua. Well, Tua doesn't. Carson Wentz. You don't think Tua's an accurate ju- passer either? Lamar no. was just behind Nick Foles and Nick Mullins in completion percentage. <laughs> <laughs> All right, quick time. I will continue this talk. 713-212-5790 in the trenches, only on Sports Talk 790. What's the feezy? What are you? Did you dedicate this to your wife? Is she listening? <laughs> what is this? Oh my gosh, some usher man. Yeah, when we're talking about uh, fit your outfit, Indy. Stop the, playing. You look like you're about to go to the club. So to the Jacob, club? look at him. <laughs> Jacob just played what what he seen. Indy could be in a wearing... 2002 usher music video right, right now. now. I never understood because I never been big on talking about people's attire. I'm wearing jeans and a Dickies button up shirt. Like, but it's open. But it's open and a kango. And a kango. But that's because my face not up to point. So I had to grab the hat. Like, you look I, I like just you could, don't get it. Look, you look like you'd be the man at the Red Rooster I, right I, now. I, 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 hey, you know what? When I start, <laughs> when I start drinking again, I, I'll be right there to the the spot in Third Ward. Shout out to the spot. Seven one three two one two five seven nine zero. The Tennessee Titans they add a top one hundred player to their roster by bringing in Julio Jones. We'll see how that plays out. The Houston Texans, Chris, how many top one hundred <laughs> players? Per CBS Sports, yeah. do the Houston Texans have currently on their roster? So Pete Prisco, CBS Sports, had put out his top 100 NFL players list. Now, coming up in a few weeks, the NFL does that big thing every summer where we're going to list the top 100 players, and they do the slow reveal. But Pete Prisco did his, and you know it's a pretty good list. I'm running through it. And I get down to number 23, and there's Deshaun Watson, which is a little bit of a drop. Like Based on the year Deshaun just had, Like, let's just take out the wanting out of Houston and the massages and all that. If none of that happens, Deshaun Watson is a lock as a top 10 player. Do you you agree with me? Absolutely. So they drop him to 23. And Pete says if he can remedy his legal issues, he's still one of the best quarterbacks in the game. He's coming off of an amazing season where he led the league in passing yards playing with a bad team. So I run through the rest of the list. There is not one other Houston Texan on this list, and for that matter, ND, I'm saying there's not a Houston Texan on this list because as far as I'm concerned, Deshaun's not a Houston Texan. He said he's never putting on that jersey again. We expect he's not going to play this year. So that's pretty telling about this Texans roster for, you know, if we want to get excited about it and all this. Now, there were two other teams not on this list. I was going to say, how many other teams is this just a, a Texan deal, or are there other teams that do not have one player on the top 100? The New York Jets and the Philadelphia Eagles, really? neither of them have a top 100 player. Now, Fletcher Cox I was, gonna say Fletcher was Cox. just outside. I think he had him at like 102. And so. what about, um, good guy, the, from uh, Alabama, the up-and-coming defensive tackle for the Jets? Um, oh, Quinnen Williams, thank you. he was like fourth or fifth right outside of his okay. list. So okay. both those guys were in the running. So really, if you want to sub those two two guys, move them up, and sub two guys out, you oh, Makai Becton was just outside the top 100 as well, the, the tackle for the right. Jets. So really, 
you know, just for arguments purposes, if he had moved those two guys up, the Houston Texans would be the only team without a top 100 player, knowing that Deshaun isn't really on the team. You know what? The more I try to be opti- optimistic about this upcoming season, the more that I say, hey, you know what? Tyrod Taylor in Buffalo proved uh, to be a good starting quarterback. Not, not great. Not, above average, good to good quarterback for the Buffalo Bills. Uh, Philip Lindsay. I like Philip Lindsay more than most people for whatever reason. I'm like, what the hell are y'all watching? Like, did y'all not watch the guy over the last couple of years? Uh, and uh, Brandon Cooks, you have another thousand yard receiver in Brandon Cooks. So I'm thinking maybe they can play at their ceiling and squeak out five, six, seven wins. But then when I see these stories, then when I see even what the Tennessee Titans do with Julio Jones bringing in talent after talent in regards to the relative to the NFL talent pool. It makes me a little concerned about what the Houston Texans are going to do this year. I got a question. Do you think that do you think that the Texans even reached out to the Atlanta Falcons because they have all their draft picks coming up here, right? Which I, lets you know that they're going to pick a quarterback next year, right? If you're trying to make your team better, you reach out, you kick the tires, you at least meet about it. But you have to know there's no look. Julio Jones has made a boatload of money. He solidified himself as one of the all-time greats. So what's he missing? A ring. So you know that more than likely he was going to go to one, a team that doesn't mind taking on his hefty contract, and two, a team that he feels like with the addition of himself, they can be true contenders. Well, we already got 12 receivers on the roster. So where's he going to play? <laughs> so the, the, uh, the interesting part, too, and I, I looked through this. So uh, Pete Prisco lists, he says on his just-missed list, he lists, so, lists about 50, 60 more guys and I just ran a word search for the word Texans, there is not one Texan in wow. that group. That's scary. So what is that? I mean, I thought maybe Laramie Tunsil and Brandon Cook should at least get some kind of honorable mention. Oh, man, I just missed out. But the fact that, and again, there, these wait, guys are... So you have 50 outside of the top 100. Yes, and neither. And Laramie Tunsil. And now, do you question Laramie Tunsil's talent, or do you question the guy putting the list together when you see Guy that? putting the list together. Okay, but understand, this is Pete Prisco, a national writer. He has no bias towards the Texans. He no, has not no reason even about to... bias. Just when you're a national, you're not watching every player from every team, so he might he might just not know. No, he doesn't oh, know Laramie Tunsil. Like, oh, then he's got a problem. <laughs> if Laramie Tunsil is in top 150, look, I'm trying to make an excuse for Pete Prisco. Like, how do you not have him in the top 150? Exactly, and, and Chris, I, 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 and look, this ain't no shot at you, even though I like taking shots at you, but. <laughs> These national guys, Chris, a lot of them, like like Indy said, one, don't watch a lot of all the teams. And two, yes, they have an agenda. They do have an agenda. These national guys. What's their agenda against the Texans? Well, I mean, they're not going to look. They're not even looking their way if it's not anything about Deshaun Watson. Well, first off, nobody was really looking the way of the Texans last year. But, uh, like, Tunsil was fine last year. There were times he got beat. There were times he, he got called for. I mean, it wasn't as bad as the year before with all the false starts. But, like. He's fine, but I think maybe we're a little too close to home here. Maybe we're thinking he's too. The guy wasn't no, even. I, I he wasn't a even of, a Pro Bowl when, alternate this when, year. When I watch games, like I focus in on the just naturally, I focus in on the trenches, and there's a lot of bad tackle play. And I, he, no, I'm not buying that one. He, he's a, he's a good tackle. So he's still he's a one. Good, NFL Would you tackle. put him in your top 100 if you were doing a 100 player? Well, first list? of all, I think it's a stupid ass list when you start talking about <laughs> top yes. 100 and you just throw all the uh, all the different positions it's within everybody. The list. Yeah. yeah, like it, because again, I, I've said this before. Quentin Nelson, who I think is the best offensive line. Quentin Nelson, for those that don't know, the offensive guard for the Indianapolis Colts. 
He's must-see TV. And I know most people think, you know, running back, wide receiver, quarterback, must-see TV. If you want to watch a mauler, if you want to watch a very athletic offensive lineman, if you want to watch somebody that has that dog in them, you watch Quentin Nelson. The idea that if I said Quentin Nelson is a better better football player than um, Aaron Rodgers, people would fall out of their chair. But how do you even really compare the two? Do you see what I'm saying? Prisco has him 26th on his list. So who does he have ahead of him? Just give me a few names. Um, So just ahead of him, Joey Bosa, 25. Xavier Howard from the Dolphins, 24. Deshaun is 23. George Kittle, 22. See, and because of the positions they play, it's easier to see how talented they are. If he had Quentin Nelson as a top 10 guy, you wouldn't even hear me argue against that. 713-212-5790. Let's hear who else is on the list and... NBA basketball, we're deep into the playoffs. Do you even care? We'll talk about that and much more in the trenches, only on Sports Talk 790. You're in the trenches. Stand up, get your hands up. With N.D. Kalu. N.D. Kalu. Welcome in, welcome back in the trenches, only on Sports Talk 790. I'm Indy Kalu. He is Chris Gordy, Big Sarge of Big Sarge Sports, and Jacob Beck on the other side of the glass, making it happen until 12 noon, talking all things sports with that special emphasis on the number one sport, American football. How have we not, I'm a big basketball guy, how have we not talked about the NBA playoffs? I know, I don't know if it's the way we view sports, I don't know if it's, uh, you know, the whole pandemic, if some people are turned off because the players don't want to see other people get shot and they don't want them to hear their voice uh, speaking against injustice. I, I just, I don't know what it is. But even as a guy who is a fan of the NBA, I find myself not forcing, but making sure that I'm making time to watch the games. I, are y'all as intuitive as y'all have been in the past? I will say for me, though, it's because there's just so many choices now. Like, there's so... From me watching Yellowstone, getting caught up on the third season of Yellowstone to all the other things that are that's out there to do. It's just hard for me to put away five, six hours of just watching NBA basketball. It's not because of any political issues. It's not because of I feel like the players are being done wrong by the commissioner and the fans. It's just for me personally, I think there are just so many different forms of entertainment out there it's hard for me to spend five six hours just on sports so there's a, a few things with the nba first off the first round for the most part kind of stinks i mean you you'll get some some competitive games but amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals from courses to help you attain or retain certification to individualized coaching services to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Go look at some of the scores of these games. 
a lot of these games have been blowouts. So they're just not fun to watch, unless it's your team. Like if the Rockets were playing and the Rockets are blowing out somebody by 30 points, hell yeah, that's fun. But like this is the first year in a while. We have not had the Rockets in the playoffs. So from an unbiased standpoint, like, yeah, I watched some of the the Clippers-Mavericks game yesterday. It's a game seven. It's an elimination game. But as soon as the Clippers go up by eight late in the fourth quarter, I'm like, well, they're done. And I flip it off. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. You can't create more buzzer beater, down to the wire type games, but that's what you need. You just need more of those type of games and viewership See, goes up. I, I think it makes it more interesting for the people watching it. Like the Dallas Mavs, LA Clippers, for me, that series was interesting. You got Luka Doncic, who they're trying to make the face of the NBA. Then you have Kawhi Leonard, who's reminding people like, no, I'm, I'm a star. Let, let me remind y'all how great I am and the storyline with that series. I, I just feel like there have been good storylines. And I get what you're saying, but if you're not watching the game and you end up having you know, a, a game that goes down to the wire, a game that finishes with a last-second shot, uh, you, you know, a game, shoot, like the Mavericks and Clippers, how in their first game was 105 to 100. I think it was a five-point difference. You're not going to know it anyway until after the fact. Well, you brought up one of the more appealing first-round matchups because you have some stars. Now do Milwaukee-Miami. How many games of that series did you watch? You know, it's like, it, and all those were, were pretty much blowouts. Um, right, but that Utah Memphis. How many games did you watch of that one? Like it's that was actually I, a more yeah, entertaining. I was going to say with John Morant, yeah. Donovan Mitchell. Yeah, we but keep it's over about in five games. I mean, it's you know, but it was still interesting though. So for me, and, and because I'm a sports junkie, wait, side note, I've never watched one episode of Yellowstone. Is great. it good? You'll love it. I'm gonna it's, have to get it's into not good, it. It's great. So I'm gonna have to get into yeah. it. But here's my Put thing. Your cowboy hat on. Gotcha. I, yeah. I got three. Action. I love them. You got boots now. Right? I got boots yeah. too. Yeah, I got now I'm getting the belt buckle here soon. But so here's for me for me, this is when I look at the NBA playoffs, I look at it a totally different way because I'm looking at Trey Young has become the villain. Everybody wants to see LeBron put out. The Clippers, they almost failed. Luka is a ball hog. The Nets, Harden is hurt, <laughs> but you know, people still want to see what they're gonna do. The Suns, Devin Booker is the Western Conference version of Trey Young. He's the villain now. Is Trey Young a villain? Oh yeah, he's definitely a villain. So I know he's getting spit on, but I think the spitter is the villain. But because he talked trash to you know New Yorkers, yeah, okay. they they I hate that. You. And now think about it, he goes from New York to your old stomping ground, Philly. Mm -hmm. You know they automatically hate him just because they like. Well, the Knicks hated him, and we see him now. He comes in there and they hate him too. So. I, I just look at it as I, I have enjoyed all of this playoff basketball, even, you know, watching Portland and uh, and Denver, you know, even though I didn't think there was going to be too much outside of watching Dane, but that was a pretty good series, Utah. So I enjoy everything about the NBA playoffs and I'm looking forward to, to more. And I'm glad that now that, you know, you don't have the regulars and like, I'm glad LeBron is out because now Trey Young, Devin Booker, you know, Donovan Mitchell, all of them are getting their chance to actually be seen outside of LeBron just being the story. And Steph Curry's not in there anymore, so he's not the story. So the older players are moving out. We're starting to see a lot of this younger talent play a whole you know, lot better. You know what I'm hearing there, Andy? Sarge is a fan of parody in sports. He li he, he likes getting some newer, some fresh blood in there. Yeah. Some teams that don't have the great success every year. It's not parody. Man, I, I like watching no, Superstars. There isn't anything wrong with that. Yo, uh, you, you, he's been Mr. Anti-Parody, but you're oh. pro-parody. That's not parody, Chris. That is parody. When you got the Suns who haven't been in the playoffs in forever making a long run, yes. 
That's parody. It's going from worst to from worst to first. From they, teams that were bad making the playoffs now. Get the Lakers and LeBron out of here. New storylines, fresh blood. That's parody. It's not parody, Chris. That's just out with the old, in with the new. Okay. Well, you just gave a definition of, of parody. I don't think that that's it. But why is that a bad thing? Like, why are you resisting? Oh, I don't, because Chris, me and Chris always, because Chris is like the NFL needs parody, and I was like, no, no the NFL has parody. It doesn't need and it's it. It's not it. good. And so I, I put think it's like great. This. So, but you look at the Suns though; they finished last year in the bubble eight zero. So they okay, barely missed they, the playoffs. They still finished both. They were below five hundred. <laughs> but they still finished eight zero. And what did they do? They went out and they added Chris Paul, and then they just took him up to the number two seed in the West. So yeah, that's not parity. That's just getting better. Yeah, but when you have the teams that were bad getting better, because what's parity? Like equality, right? When all things are equal. So now the Lakers were up top. And now you have them out of it, and you have teams uh, like the well, not Milwaukee Bucks, but you, you know you have teams that aren't known for going deep into the playoffs and not playing. So, when but the, I don't think that's bad. I don't see why you're resisting that. So when the Kings get into the playoffs, and when the Hornets it. get into the playoffs, I mean, we had the Knicks, but they were what one and done. I don't. Now, but they still made it. I mean, that was exciting. You brought up a name, and I talked about Luka Doncic and uh, Damian Lillard. You brought up Damian Lillard. They need to do a case study because Damian Lillard, this was a guy that was all about the team that drafted him, all about making that team better, all about sticking around and hoping that they could get the free agents to join him. And y'all see where I'm going with this to bring a championship back to the Portland Trailblazers. He even had C.J. McCollum. I don't know if you'll call him great, but if you had a three-man, a three-headed monster, C.J. McCollum could definitely be part of that with the Damian Lillard. With him now being sent home after the first round with Luka Doncic having a historic type playoff run in the first round and they still don't make it out of the first round. Do you see this as other young up and coming stars looking around like, you know what? Everybody gave Kevin Durant a bunch of heat. Everyone's giving James Harden a bunch of heat for leaving them teams and going to LeBron and going to, well, to me, LeBron makes the team a super team wherever he goes, but uh, for forming these super teams, well, if I do what all these fans who feel like it should be done the right way, do it like uh, Luca, do it like Damian Lillard, I could be like Damian and eight, nine, ten years down the line, I'm still looking for a championship. So do, do you see them not just looking at the teams that have the success when they form the super teams, but the stars, the superstars that stick with one team and then never have that true success? Do you see that as motivation for the up-and-coming stars to say, screw what y'all think, I need to go be a part of a super team? Well, well, don't even, don't forget for the Mavericks, they they signed Chris, they, they yeah, signed Chris, yeah, Chris Stapps Porzingis last year. He was he was a superstar for the Knicks, and he was supposed to be the the top number two guy for the Mavericks this year, and he kind of didn't really show up too much in the in the, in the playoffs and in, in in game in this game seven, he only had fourteen points, so he was supposed to be that guy. But as as you've seen in this in this playoff series he didn't really show up and i wouldn't even be surprised if he moves on after this year because the the mavericks like i'm not sure where they go from here well you brought up first off with that um what's his face uh mark cuban was asked last night or after they lost you know will there be a coaching change and he said look i don't believe in making a coaching change just to make a change a lot of people like oh well you lost in the playoffs so you got to fire a coach right so i thought that was pretty cool he said that but damian lillard uh, what was it? Friday night or Saturday night when they when they you know when that they're out of it, there was a report he cr- talked to Chris Haynes and it said Damian Lillard's preference for the Blazers' next head coach because they fired Terry Stotts is Jason Kidd from Lillard. Quote: He's the guy I want. Then yesterday, a report comes out. Jason Kidd says 
I'm not interested in the Portland job. Thanks, but no thanks. I thought that was kind of a slap like Lillard. Man, you put your name on it and say, this is the guy we want. We were going to go all in. And then Jason Kidd turns you down and said, no, nah, I'm good. I think it's a more of a – I think that Jason Kidd may become the next Lakers head coach. I think once I'm, I think that they may have whispered in his ear like, "Look, we're going to get rid of Frank, and when we get rid of Frank, we're going to slide you right in there." I could see that, and that and that's how I look at and it. By that, you mean LeBron told him that, and they said, "Okay, LeBron, whatever you say." <laughs> you know what, Chris? Yes, <laughs> I can't even disagree with you. But the Mavericks, going back to the Mavericks, right? They haven't been out of the first round of playoffs since they won a championship back in what 2011, 2010, 2011, when they beat Miami, the LeBron led super team, and. So here's my thing. You say they haven't made it past the first round? They since have they, not made it out of the right. first round since they won the championship. My thing is this, and I know that Christos Porzingis is the easiest target right now for the Mavericks. Hey, him. Just pick on him. He's not doing what he's supposed to do. Well, Luka's shooting 35, 37 times, and that's all he's doing. He's just shooting. He's not playing no defense. He's not doing nothing but taking a going. He starts off great in the first quarter. By the time you get to the fourth quarter, he's fizzled out. And nobody is bringing that to the forefront. And Chris Porzingis, look at the amount of touches that he gets. He's a, a high-volume guy, too. That he has to get touches. And it's Rick Carlisle. Rick Carlisle is not – I call him Rick D'Antoni. Because if you look at that series, he's doing the exact same thing D'Antoni did when he had Harden. Hey, get a ball to Luka. Let him do it. And once he gets trapped or blitz, he gets the ball out of his hand, you maybe can shoot it. Tim Hardaway Jr., you can shoot it, but that's only if Luka doesn't want to take the shot. But shouldn't the offense revolve around Luka with what he's done? He 46 yesterday. Yeah, how many on how many shots? 17, 17 for 30. 17 to 30. That's not 50%. bad. 5 for 11. Porzingis was 0 for 5 from 3. Okay, so now. How about you step up, big man? Hit a shot or two. Help it, us out. He ain't. Get, he's not getting the touches. He shot 12 he times. Touches. Tw- is 12 times a lot in a in a four-quarter game? I'm just saying, well, maybe he said, I gave it to you for five threes and you missed all of them. I'm not giving you the damn ball again. Well, I, Sooner or later, you have to stop the bleeding. Well, well hold on. Uh, and, and I'm going to get to it, Andy, because I want you to see. Well, uh, I'm going to give you time during this timeout. So so you, you, you build your case against one of the hottest names in NBA basketball right now in Luka, and then we'll also get Reggie on the other side of this timeout in the trenches, only on Sports Talk 790. Welcome in, welcome back. Hope you're enjoying your Monday as much as we are enjoying it here in the trenches. If you want to jump in, 713-212-5790. We were talking about, you know, these super teams and superstars jumping ship to another team that has two other superstars so they can have a better chance of winning it all. And I was just wondering if, you know, Damian Lillard would be the case study for this season. This is a guy that uh, on the wrong side of 30 for a professional athlete, but it is basketball. So I still expect him to have five, six more productive years uh, in his playing career. But he stuck with the same team. He grinded for that same team. Big moments in Portland. But when it's all said and done. Outside of Clyde Drexler, he's just going to be another big name for Portland if he stays there. Is he really going to win a championship? And do you blame these young guys when they say, hey, in today's NBA game, I have to go be part of a super team if I really want to win it all? Because not only will they look to where it worked with Kevin Durant going to Golden State or, uh, you know what, Kawhi Leonard. When Kawhi Leonard, was that, in y'all's opinion, a super team or did he just carry Toronto to a championship. <laughs> Carried him. Yeah, that's, what, that's what I felt team. like. Yep. And now he's doing the same with the Clippers. And then I even thought of Luka. You know, Luka being only 22, 23 years old, had a historic uh, 
uh, run in the first round as far as the points that he averaged. And he did something only four other NBA players in the history of the NBA were able to do in regards to his production. Could could he say, hey, before I get too old, before I get like my man Damian Lillard, it might be time for me to start forcing my way to another team? Or in what I, I don't want to put words in your mouth, um, Big Sarge, but it sounds like you think uh, Luca might be the problem over there. Uh, yeah, uh, because he's taken. So I put it like this: I'm not saying that Luca won't be great. I just don't think that he's great now. Like the NBA is trying to force him down our throat to be great. And like I said, I'm not a Christos Porzingis fan. So let me preface my statement by saying that. But you want a guy to be the second option and be great when. In the second half of game seven, right, Luka took 16 shots. He took three, but he only touched the ball three times. He was one for three in the second half. He touched the ball one time in the fourth quarter. Now, before that, when Luka was, you know, in the in the first half, he was three for four and two for five in game seven. He started cutting to the basket, but then it got to the point where he was cutting to the basket and Luka wasn't passing him the ball. And so in game six, in the second half, Luka was six of 13. He was one of three. So my thing is, is that you can't expect this guy to excel when you're not, one, when you're not giving him the ball, and two, you're not running plays for him. They don't run a lot of plays for Chris Depp Porzingis, and so I'm looking at it like, I get it. Tim Hardaway Jr. is good. He is, he is really good. He, he's a great role fit for Luka. Chris Depp Porzingis is not, and I hate that he's being blamed for this. When down the stretch, Luka fizzles. The, the game six and game seven, when they had to have those games, he fizzled. Porzingis is on line two. He wants you to know you're his best friend. (laughs) But but you know what? All jokes aside, I'm sure his camp, because all these basketball players, they have camps. You know, they can't do anything on their own. They're probably saying the exact same thing. Like, hey, what's he supposed to do with five touches? You know, know, what do you expect our guy to do with five touches? Reggie, welcome to the show, Reggie Reg. Hey, guys. How you doing? Hey, Sarge. Hey, man. You need to hold your belt up today because you're nailing it, man. Because actually – Isaiah Thomas said the same thing you're saying, but he pretty much compared the Mavericks to the Rockets and James Harden because he's saying because if they're going to go in like the Rockets of old with the James Harden taking the ball up the court, they're going to have to pretty much uh, uh, step away from Przingis because the simple fact is I see it like this, guys. This guy's had two major knee injuries, and he still is not under his legs yet. Once he gets that strength and confidence back in his body, I think he'll be still doing the same thing. But Isaiah did say the same things you're saying, Sarge, about uh, Luca, man, because he's uh, pretty much been that one-man show, the ball hog that James Harden was. And me, when it comes to the NBA, I think Trey Young is a watch uh, TV type of person up because he's he's actually one of the up and coming guys for the NBA and with Dame Litter, uh Andy guys, he went to Utah Valley, so he pretty much saying that he's not going anywhere because he's not really caring that much about a championship and it won't uh make him or break him if he doesn't get it. So he's happy where he is. And I had a question Andy I want to ask you about three weeks ago and I you know I hold stuff down until I'm able to talk. And it was con- pertaining the uh offensive uh uh the Asian the Chinese guy that's uh uh, discriminated against. Oh, the, the offensive line coach that said that uh, uh, an owner told him he wasn't the right kind of minority for the opportunity. 
Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yes, and that was like when I heard that and heard the conversation that he had, he pretty much... Like, his dad told him not to say nothing. And, I mean, with the way things are going now, wouldn't you rather him say something than to just sit on something like that? And I just hang up and listen. No, appreciate it. And I don't have the details of the story. I, I read the headline, and uh, to tell you the truth, I'm just tired of it all now because it, it continues to happen. But there's an Asian-American, I don't know exactly uh, where he's from or where his background's from, but an Asian-American offensive line coach, that went into a meeting with a general manager and or a team owner about getting a head coaching gig in the NFL. And they supposedly told him, look, we have to hire minorities, but you're not the right kind of minority. So just a bad look. I mean, I don't know if saying anything is going to do anything for him, but it's not saying, okay, well, if you have African-American head coaches, now you need to have Asian-American, you need to have Mexican-American, you need to have this. But just the, the thought process that, oh, we're only going to put a person in place because we have to, but not really consider them, not really look into their background, not really look into uh, their past experiences to see. It's almost like a dismissive thought. Uh, one, for the ones that they hire, and two, for the ones that they don't really give a e chance. Eugene Chung uh, is the guy's name. And again, this is just like... It's a, it's a sticky road to go down because when you start tell you know, it becomes you, you have to have this, this, and this. And I, in my mind, it just gets back to hire the best person available. Now, in some people's minds, the owners, they're, they are biased. They do look at, oh, well, you know, I kind of like this guy because I knew his daddy and all this kind of stuff. There's nothing like when you do this, though, like, well, can we ever get to a place where I happen to have a coaching staff that is 85% African-American or I have a, a GM who's black and his assistant GM's an Asian? And it, you know what I mean? Like. Hire the best person available instead of, well, I have to hire, I'm being told I have to hire just this. Well, I think they're quote unquote, first of all, they say they're being told, but we all know and we see the numbers that they're not adhering to it. But it is sticking. It, sound, it doesn't sound right saying, oh, you have to hire this. But you have to keep in mind, there was a system in place that kept qualified people out. And it's easy to say, oh, well, that's not, you know, the situation now. But you have to somehow kind of reverse that. So you are in a situation where when I see Chris Gordy, I don't see him as this white Anglo-Saxon Christian guy. So he's going to have an upper hand over Big Sarge, who's a, you know, black Southern Baptist when, when I'm evaluating them. You have to get to a point 
where you reverse the system to where, okay, they come into the office on an e even or, you know, even playing field. And I don't know, I don't know if anybody knows exactly how you do that, but that's what makes it tough because we just say, oh, just hire the best person possible. But there were systems in place where the best person possible wasn't getting a chance to get into the door because of the way he or she looked. There, there was a reason where people were doing in Tulsa, Oklahoma. They said, okay, you're not going to give us an opportunity. We'll build our own city. Oh, okay. Oh, y'all having success over there? Let's burn that piece to the ground. You know, there, there's a system that's been in place that they have to try and reverse. But, but I guess what I'm saying is, like, if I, let, let's say the Eagles, for example, they mm -hmm. went with that, that white dude that nobody knew, and, you know, we'll see if it works. And if it's a failure and they passed on, let's say David Culley winds up being a really good coach with the Texans, like – the talent supersedes whatever your preconceived bias was. So like, hey, you missed out on this, dude, because you were an idiot and settled for this guy because you hired him based on this. You know what I mean? So like, if you're going to make hiring based on that, based on your bias, then you're going to fail. Your organization is not going to be hiring right, the best person available. Keep in mind, the people that have the power to have those biased hirings, they're all, they all look the same. So you're, you, so you're just saying, yeah, you're going to fail because you didn't give this person a shot because you didn't give that person. Look, like with John, and I don't know if this is more of a race. Well, there's always a piece of race in it, a race deal or a style of play. John Harbaugh was smart enough to find out how to utilize the strengths of Lamar Jackson where when a Hall of Fame general manager and Bill Polian thought that Lamar Jackson should maybe consider switching to wide receiver and all Lamar Jackson does is become the NFL MVP after three years of playing quarterback. So, yes, John Harbaugh's reaping the benefits of, of uh, you know, not judging Lamar Jackson by his style, by his look, and saying, no, I feel like I can make this guy a quarterback. But the problem is you have too many guys that have the same bias making those decisions. So you said if David Culley is going to have a great year yeah, as a not head a good coach, example. I should have found somebody as a head else. Coach, then it's because the others. But what about all those Eric B. enemies that were never even given a chance to prove whether or not they can be a great coach? Right. What about all those Leslie Frazier's who didn't have success for, uh, early on, like with the Minnesota Vikings, but they never get the second chance, like Bill Belichick got his second chance after he failed in Cleveland, or after Coach Kubiak was fired from the Houston Texans, then he gets another gig because he's cool with John Elway, and he becomes a Super Bowl-winning coach. You know, it just feels like with certain coaches, if they don't make it the first time, they never get that second shot. Larry, I don't want to rush you. If you hang tight, the floor is yours after this timeout. So you're a philosopher? Yes. 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 I think very deep. Welcome in. Welcome back. Let's get right back into it. If you want to jump in, 713-212-5790. Had a lively show. Been talking about the horrible weekend in boxing that many people watched and many people paid for that made Floyd Mayweather even more millions and Logan Paul. Is it Logan Paul? Logan Paul, some more millions. Talked about Julio Jones going to the Tennessee Titans. Are they true contenders? Oh, quick note on the Julio thing. Mm -hmm. I forgot to mention this earlier. Uh, Albert Breer's got a piece up at SI.com this morning where he says, I have it on good authority that Julio Jones had no clue that he was on national TV when he said to FS1 Shannon Sharp, I'm out of there two weeks ago, which led to his trade request becoming public. There's some talk that the Falcons are not happy about that. You know, I don't know what they could do legally against Fox, uh, but I'm wondering if Shannon, if Julio Jones is going to take any more of Shannon Sharp's phone calls in the future because 
it does. We we debated at the time. We couldn't figure out whether he knew or not. Right, but right. my feelings are hurt, Chris. Why? Because I came in here and told you that exact same thing last week. That's the ex- exactly the exact you said same that thing he I didn't said. know. I said that he. I said Julio did not know that he was being uh, that he was on live national television. I, I know we went back and forth and we listened to the audio to try to see if we could figure it this out. This was after that, uh, Indy. It was after that. After what? A- after we went back and forth, uh-huh. I came in here and I, and I said that. Oh, okay, so the thought is now, I don't think there should be any kind of legal, because I don't know if it affected the negotiations. Here's the thing. It was just Shannon Sharp getting too comfortable on TV. Like, I don't think he had any uh, nefarious thoughts of, ooh, I'm going to sabotage this deal. I think he got too comfortable. And, look, a lot of us like to do it when we've been away from the game for so long. We like to prove, hey, current players still know me. I'm still relevant to the current players. So he wanted to call him on on the air, and it ended Can up Can you being call a, a current player, Indy? Oh, Absolutely. You you could call a current player and and, and I wouldn't though. I, 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 like, I know I'm just air, saying like, like I wouldn't. But but you could though. Oh, I could yeah, I could call a current player. Oh, it's you, called we got to get Deshaun's number. Yes. We call him <laughs> on the air and go, Deshaun, That's do you want to be a Houston Texan? Now I'll tell you who's in tune with all the guys, Travis Johnson. Trap J. He like when we go to events and you know they have the ambassadors and the former players, you know they look at us with respect. Hey, what's up, brother? But with Travis, they know him, and I'm like, Travis, like, are you partying with the guys? And Travis, all he does is stay home, smoke cigars, and raise his kids. But well, all the current players still know Trap. Jay. The only reason I asked you that, Indy, was because I wanted people to to realize that you're still relevant too. You you take that for granted. Well, well here's you, the thing, and I appreciate that. I don't the word relevant, like I don't. Looking, walking my head down like I'm not relevant, but I know when it comes to current players, you want to hear from certain people, you want to talk to certain people. So yeah, relevant is of the in the eye of the beholder or whatever they say, you know, in regards to beauty. So it's not like I'm sitting here because a lot of the stuff I don't even care about. Like I'll see a current <laughs> player and I'm like, yeah, been around you, done the same thing you've done. But I know that they are more comfortable talking to certain people, and I will say that one thing that I don't take for granted. The players that I do know that still play, they can talk to me when we hang out. There's some things that if I say on air, the phone lines will light up, the Twitter, but they know that I'll I'll never cross that line. Like I take the code, C-O-D-E. I take the code very serious, and they know they can say whatever around me, and it'll never become public knowledge. Larry, what's going on, Larry Lair? Hey, what's going on, man? Uh, great weekend. Great conversation y'all having, man. Uh, obviously, Indy can pick up the phone and call Jacob Martin at any time. So <laughs> Jacob. Uh, every, every week. But I'm going to get the shard at the end about the sweet potato pie, and then I'll deal with Titan Trick at the end as well. But here's what, what, what y'all were talking about. Uh, we, we know that in the 70s, 80s, 90s, and 2000s, the white owners wouldn't hire no brothers, man. So you can't just say just hire the best person for the job. And I almost hung up when Chris said if David Kelly have a great season with the tech, I almost hung up because that's, that's just something I ain't going to even allow myself to wrap my brain around. But some dudes that are sitting in those chairs like the Jerry Jones and the Cal McNabb of the world, these are the same people that didn't really believe that black quarterbacks had the intellect to be able to run a playbook and now – here it is in 2021, everybody in the league trying to get a brother to play quarterback because we're just as intelligent as everybody else. And we're just as intelligent because I know for a fact that Alonzo Highsmith got more experience than Nick Casario over there. I also know for a fact that when they when the NFL hired Steve Wilkes 
Vance Joseph, Todd Bowles, after, and Leslie Frazier, after two years, those dudes were done in the National Football League as head coaches and had to go back and take a, a, a defensive coordinator or offensive coordinator position. But lo and behold, Bill O'Brien, oh, sorry, has got nine years of destroyed franchise. So don't even talk to me about the opportunity. We know that this is what happens. When I walk into a building and I turn the doorknob, they see this big old black brother come in there. Uh-uh, no, 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 we ain't here. Then when this other dude that go in there, hey, we're going to go ahead and give you an opportunity, sir. So we know what the game but is. Real quick, Larry, real quick, Larry, on that on that point, but my argument is, won't you fail? I mean, won't you won't your program fail if you're not if there's a great black coach out there available? Somebody's going to pick him up of it. Like, in other words, you you're hiring this subpar guy that, but he's white, and that's what you want. Like, your your uh, you know, your business is going to fail because you're not hiring the best person available. Hence, Adam Case up in New York. It failed because they got rid of Todd Bowles, and he goes to Tampa and wins the Super Bowl. They do it all the time. And the thing about it is, as a society, sure, we would love for there to be equality, man, and everybody to be on the same playing field. But we know that sometimes they just throw hours in file 13 and give these other also lands like Jack East to be an opportunity that J.J. Moses was doing the exact same thing over there on Kirby when he was dealing with players and relationships with alumni and everything, and everything was going smooth. But then the old Pastor E come in there with his own foolishness, and now he's the man that goes to executive vice president. J.J. Moses was never going to be able to become player personnel president. So that's my point, man. We have these, these, these systemic things that happen that have been happening since the beginning of time. And me personally, I'm kind of tired of it because I've experienced it too, and I know I'm better than a lot of folks at what I do, man. But anyway, I digress. Big Sarge, your ass don't eat sweet potato pie. So now let me explain something to you, man. <laughs> we're we going to have to either have an intervention or we're going to have to spend a whole lot of time getting you back into the culture, man, because uh, if you think that sweet potato pie is just some p- potato on a crust, it is something seriously wrong that went on in your family somewhere, man, because I'm going to have to talk to them and let them know you can't be letting Sarge out there saying this blasphemy stuff, talking about apple pies and brushes are better than sweet potato pie. Man, what's wrong with you, man? I'm I, I Sarge, I like you, man, but you do some things, and I'm, I'm going to tell you I'm going to have to spend some time to get you right. Last thing before I let y'all go, Titan Trick, I heard you. I heard you, Titan Trick. I know you're feeling good, but you said something that I already knew what you thought. We good on paper. And I understand that's what you're thinking. I don't have a whole bunch of bullets left to fire because them Texans over there got David Cully and Nick Casario and Jack used to be over there destroying my squad. So I can't do nothing but applaud you, Titan Rick. Go out there and win your Super Bowl. I just hope you don't do it before my boys, but it looks like it's going to be done. Julio is a goat in our hollow. Well, if he's saying that they'll lead, he'll lead them to a Super Bowl. He's predicting the Titans to go within the next two to three years. I, I see that as well. I guess he doesn't definitely doesn't want to know my my view on Peach Cobbler then. Oh yeah, so so explain to the listeners because a lot of them are like, "What the hell y'all talking about?" So this weekend, right now, I was telling Chris this off off air. I was at a restaurant, right, and the waitress asked, "Did you know? Did we want dessert?" And she's like, "Y'all want some good key lime pie?" And I was like, "Well, I don't know how many black people eat key lime pie." And so it just got me to thinking about all the desserts I was forced to eat when I was younger because in the black household, it just, that's what you eat. Like banana pudding and sweet potato pie 
and uh what else bread pudding and things like that and i was like all that is is gross but older people like larry who still eat chitlins he thinks that you know my taste buds are bad but he still enjoys pig intestines key lime pie yes and che- oh i te- i said something about cheesecake too and they didn't like it. i don't like the texture of those things and i don't know why he's hating on bucky's chris have you ever had a bucky's uh apple pie i don't think so oh my god they're the best i thought you didn't eat sweets no, I didn't. Who said that? You see this gut over here? <laughs> what was it? No, there's something you. I don't did. eat beef or pork. That's what it is. Yeah, I don't so, know how you. Oh, do I talked down on bacon too. That bacon's bacon is, overrated. Bacon is like the best thing ever, and yeah. I know we're not supposed to eat it, but man, bacon, it's overrated. You eat no. sweet potato pie, Andy? No, I'm not a big dessert. I, I don't have a big uh, sweet tooth at all. Like I like, I put it like this. I like lemon cake. I like. Yellow cake with chocolate icing. Like, nah, I don't like cakes and pies and all. If I'm gonna go sweet, it's gonna be a whatchamacallit. Like that's my favorite go-to sweet. Gotcha. But no, no bake, no. Like brownies is my favorite no, baked good. I don't like the texture of all any of that stuff. I don't really? Like cakes, brownies, pudding, Jello, none of that. But what no. about the 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 Nigerian dessert you talked about? Chin chin. That's hard. What, what is that like? <laughs> it's just a hard sweet. I, I don't know. Just some kind of dough. Have you ever heard of flan? I've heard of it. I don't know what I, it is. It's a it's a it's a Mexican dessert, but I heard it's like it's like a Jello type thing, and some people love it and some people hate it. I tell you what, I do like those uh, pretzels, the cinnamon pretzels you get at the mall. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. I, I could, you know, those. I can much on those. Yeah, I, I was thinking of um, like Mr. Pretzels. Oh, when he said Mexican, I was thinking chur- churros. Those and are then good too. Tres leches. Uh, three melts. All great uh, desserts. Wait, Chris, how did you know my my nickname? Because I said if two chains can call themselves two chains, and I used to call myself Tres leches. Three, three milks. <laughs> three milks. You're gonna have to explain that all fair. <laughs> Quick timeout. J Money. We see you in the trenches. Only on Sports Talk 790. <laughs> Welcome in, welcome back. One more segment to go here in the trenches. If you want to jump in, 713-212-5790. Give us a holler. One more call this segment. It goes to Jay Money. What's going on, Jay Money? Andy Kalu. What's up, fellas? Chris, Sarge, and Jacob. What's all y'all fellas up to? Uh, just doing a little show. Oh, uh, look here. I want to piggyback on what uh, Larry just talked about. Andy, we all know it's a lot of parity in the NFL. But here it is. You talk about opportunities. We don't get the opportunities that other less qualified people get simply because of different cultures. But when we are given opportunities, we are being put under a microscope and held to a higher standard when those of lesser quality don't be held at it. Now, they brought this guy in with the Texans knowing darn well he's going to fail. But it's just to say we at least gave him an opportunity. And it's the same thing like he, like Larry mentioned, the guy up there with the Giants. This man don't be more deserve an opportunity than a man in the moon. Look at Tom Tebow with Jacksonville. He don't ain't nowhere in the world he's supposed to be on an NFL roster. When you got all of these young men that's been cut and playing in in the USFLs and CFLs and spring leagues that are out there actually playing tight end, a position he's never played and never even ran a pass pattern, but yet and still he's given an opportunity. Until we take a stand at some time and point 
even if so, Emmy, I guarantee you, if you tried to get an NFL job, no matter what it is, chances are you're going to not be, get, be given opportunities. When you look at the guy at Bethune-Cookman, Willie Simmons, he hasn't been even offered a job in the NFL. The guy that's with, uh, up there in Western Kentucky uh, in the MEAC ain't never been even heard of. But when the opportunities are there, we're held at a different standard and to say that we can't do it. But you don't give us the chances to. And then our level of success is so much far greater than, than what people of lesser do. But Larry has a point. And until we recognize that and see that, and in order to stand together, divided, we, together we stand divided, we fall. Y'all have a good day. Speaking of divided, the CEO of the Green Bay Packers, he says that the Aaron Rodgers controversy is dividing their fan base. How do you feel like, uh, and the president of the Packers, one, how do you feel like this plays out? Is Aaron, Basically, this is Deshaun Watson before the allegations happening in Green Bay where uh, Aaron Rodgers is saying, look, I'm not playing for Green Bay. I feel like they haven't shown me enough respect. It's time to move on. But the difference, Green Bay is running back and putting out publicly that not only do they want him for this year, they want him for years to come. Do they figure out a way to make it happen for Green uh, for Aaron Rodgers? I think I think they I, I think they figure out a way. I try to figure out a way. Well, they're trying I, right now. I don't think it happens play. though. I I think Aaron Rodgers is is in the mindset the same way Deshaun Watson is. I don't want to play for them ever again. And that that headline right there about it dividing fans. And I don't know all the Packers fans, so let me preface my statement by saying that. But I do know one diehard Packers fan who told me that I don't care who the quarterback is when the Texans, I mean, when the uh, Packers play Arizona Cardinals in October, we're going to be at that game. It could be Jordan Love. It could be Johnny Manziel. She doesn't care. She just loves the Packers. So she's a Packers fan, not an Aaron Rodgers fan. Exactly. Because there's a lot of Packer fans that are more Aaron Rodgers. And I was surprised when I told y'all a couple weeks ago, our program director, he's a huge New England Patriot fan. And I was half joking when I asked him, okay, when Tampa Bay with Tom Brady plays New England, who are you rooting for? And I thought the easy answer, he was going to be like, of course I'm rooting for New England Patriots. But he was like, nah, you know what? Until Tom Brady retires, I'm rolling with Tom Brady. This is uh, Charles Robinson at Yahoo. He says the most headline grabby statement from President uh, Packers President Mark Murphy was the situation um, was about the situation with Rodgers that it has divided the fan base. He said, "Make no mistake, there was a message in all of this. One that makes the franchise's stance clear just days before uh, the kickoff of mandatory minicamp. Green Bay's decision makers are dug in when it comes to Rodgers. He's not going anywhere. So Packers are basically saying, like, look, we are not." trading you so either you're going to show up or you're not and it's just it's an interesting parallel to the Deshaun thing now it's very different situations and both guys very different places of their careers but it's just an interesting call the bluff and say okay well we're moving on you sign that contract we'll see you at camp oh you're not coming okay we'll see how this plays out I got a question for you, Andy, before we go off air. So if he shows up, right, Aaron Rodgers shows up and says, okay, I'm here, I'm going to collect my check, but I'm hurt, 
and the doctor say you can play, but he says he's hurt and he doesn't want to play. Do they start finding him for that? Or if That's he... when the NFL PA steps in gotcha. and says our guy is hurt and there's going to have to be some kind of proof. But you remember not too long ago with the Jets or the Jets, and I can't remember the player. It was a pretty big-name player. The Jets were like, oh, no, you can get on the field. He's like, no, I can't. And then it proved that he really was hurt, and the Jets looked, you know, they looked like a horrible organization during that time. But we'll all know what it is with Aaron Rodgers. I would say this. With the Green Bay Packers having Jordan Love on the roster, I think they have the leverage to do what Chris is saying. To say, no, we're just going to find you, sit you over there, we're not going to trade you. And then what are you doing? You're giving Jordan Love a shot. Then if Jordan Love ends up being great, ends up proving to be the next uh, face of the franchise, then you can trade Aaron Rodgers away. If Jordan uh, Love flops, then it's like, oh, Aaron, hey, buddy, (laughs) buddy boy, what is it that you want? Oh, you know what? You wanted $10 million? Here goes $15 million. I'm just throwing that number out there. So I actually think because of the fact that they fell in love with Jordan Love for a reason – they can really say, unlike what I felt like the Texans could do, no, you go sit over there, go get fined up. That gives us a chance to try our first-round pick. And then if the first-round pick doesn't work out, then you start going back to Aaron Rodgers and negotiating a deal. Yeah, with that being said, now that I've thought it through, yeah, I don't even see Aaron, uh, excuse me, the Green Bay Packers answering any calls on Aaron Rodgers. So that's what I was going to ask you. Play Packers GM for a second, ND. Do you trade him? If you're the package GM, No, I just did. That's my thought. Like, my thought process is, no, go sit over there publicly, you know, because you're you're working with public opinion and the Green Bay fan base. We love Aaron Rodgers, whatever he wants. Oh, man, we wish he was here, but we're not listening to any trade requests. Jordan Love, get your ass ready. You you got six games to prove whether or not uh, you can be that guy. And then I'm making a decision after I see Jordan Love play. But think about how good you can make your team by trading Aaron Rodgers, though. Think about the haul you could get back for Aaron Rodgers. And if you already thinking into the future, by drafting Jordan Love, just in case the Aaron Rodgers, you know what I mean, once the Aaron Rodgers era is over, imagine what you could get for him right now to make your team a whole lot better. I, I can see that, but I don't, even if I get three first-round picks, the team is better with Aaron Rodgers. Quick, quick parting shot, Nick Saban's contract extended through 2028, at which point he'll be 77 years old. Please retire. Let the rest of college football get back to some bit of normal. Unless you still won't be good. Oh, I'm sorry. We won a national championship two years ago. Shout out to the Astros. 21 runs in three games to 10 Blue Jays, and they win that series two to three. That'll do it for us today. God willing, same time, same place tomorrow. In the trenches, only on Sports Talk 790. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com.